to episode five of Empty Chairs and Empty Tables, your musical theatre podcast from the team here at Anglia Ruskin University. My name's Sean Aquilina. I'm one of the uh, lecturers here. With me is Adam Gerbertson and Ryan Murphy. Hello, chaps. How are you both? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Very well. good, thanks. Yeah, except I, I woke up today thinking it was Sunday. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> What's worse is today's uh, Thursday. <laughs> no, it's you not. Don't it's say. not. It's not. It's not. Oh. <laughs> so we've got, uh, we got lots on the show for you. We've got our... Oh, and now becoming our firm favourites, uh, the musical theatre quiz, oh, yeah. which we'll come to later. We've got my favourite sings. I'm up today. I've got a, a special Sondheim show to talk about today. But Adam, you're going to start by uh, talking about West Side Stories. Is this because of the new film? It is because of the new film. I watched it uh, a couple of weeks ago now when it first came out uh, on on the TV um, streaming device. There are many available, um, and I loved it. I really, really enjoyed it. Have you both seen it? I've saw. I saw it in the cinema. Yeah. Okay, yeah. right. So yeah. I had like the full cinematic experience yeah. because it is very cinematically shot. Isn't I, it? it's very I feel romantically especially shot. for those big choreographed moments. Mm. I I was wishing for a, a bigger screen because wow, they're visually stunning. He knows how to make a visually stunning. Oh yeah, film. Spielberg can tell a story. He certainly can. But I loved it. I thought it was really good. Um, there were a couple of things that I had, I, I don't know, like reservations about. Um, there were a couple of choices made, which I understand why they were made, but I don't necessarily agree with them. So, for example, we had this new character, right? Because we don't have Doc yep. in this in this version, but we have um, his wife, amazingly played by Rita Moreno, um, who you know was in the original film uh, as Anita. So that it's great to have that nod to to past um, the past film. But one of the choices that they made is they had her sing somewhere. Is a place for us somewhere a place for us. Look, it's it's beautiful and, and what she does with the song is is absolutely stunning. But the fact that it's not being sung by one of the, the people who are, you know, about to die, it's yeah, I think it takes away something from it. It detaches us from the story by, by one degree, and I, yeah, I, I, I wasn't up for it. What do you think? I know what you mean. It feels like it could be something that was done more to, dare I say, flatter the actress or yeah. give us all a fan moment of, hey, yes. it's someone from the original being in the new one, and now she gets to sing that song. Um, and yeah, it was an odd choice to take it away from that wonderful moment with Tony and Maria. Well, there's a different different um, subtext to it, though, isn't it? In this yes. sense, and I think it. I I didn't mind it. I I totally got it. And I, obviously, she was thinking about her husband, and 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 in that sense, it sort of made sense. Whilst also, we know, don't we, that the the original context it wasn't her that sang it. You know, mm. so we. I think um, I think it worked. I wasn't. I wasn't. Yeah, I I do think it worked. I just it's a weird. It was just a weird choice. I feel like especially with. Um, Bernstein not being around. Mm. Sondheim, yes, he saw it, he liked it. Um, not around now. It's just, yeah, it felt a little bit like, oh, okay. And I was distracted because of it. But so do, is it is it not is it not um, sort of uh, conversely sort of a good thing to 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 change it around? I mean, otherwise oh, yeah. it would have been just a, a a copy of a copy, a simulacrum. It's true, and, and I remember when uh, when they announced that the film was happening, there was lots of, oh, why, why are we doing West Side Story again? The first film is perfect. Why on earth would we do it again? And I, it's a really good point that you raise. It's uh, should we not be making things different? One thing that was similar um, in the two films, both of which was different from the stage production, is the placement of G. Officer Cupcake. 
Mm. So that um, originally in the in the stage production happens right at the end. It's like the third last number or something we hear of the show. And in both these versions, it is very near the start. Oh, look at you, you feckless friggin' disappointments. Uh, give me one good reason I shouldn't throw the book at you. Dear kindly Sergeant Krupke, you gotta understand. It's just our bringing up key that gets us out of hand. Our mothers all our junkies. Our fathers all our drunks. Golly Moses, naturally we're punks. It's a great fun song. I love it. I've always loved it. Um, but there's something nice about it being placed at the end of the show to give us that light relief before mm. the final gut punch that I feel both films sort of uh, miss out on. Yeah, mm. but they made the most of the staging though with it. That scene oh, in, the, yeah. in the police station, uh, they made a lot of that. And, you know, the, the boys oh, make a huge great. mess yeah. as they sing the song and papers flying everywhere and they leave that for the officers <laughs> yeah. to come and clean up. <laughs> so they made, they made the most of that. And I thought there was a lot of uh, good staging. I really enjoyed uh, Cool. I thought the, the sort of dance fight that Riff and Tony have out, or they're almost on the docks, aren't they? Um, yeah. And they're jumping over all the, the gaps in the in the flooring and, and things like that. That was really effective. And that's a new a new thing because they're singing it to each other as opposed to, well, not to, 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 to the, the not present other gang. Yeah. Uh, which totally changed the meaning of the song. And that was really fun to see because I was like, oh yeah, I get it now. I totally, I, I could believe that that was the original intention. I was less keen on Something's Coming because it felt like one of those numbers where uh, Tony was doing all this, the jobs he had to do in the store mm. while he was singing a song. It felt like we need to find something for you to do yes. while you sing about something else. Uh, so that wasn't quite such a good match for yeah. me. Um, what did you think of the vocals? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually liked them. Um, it was the, I've seen a lot of um, people complaining about auto-tune and stuff, and I, I, I didn't feel like that was too much in our face. I know that they did some of the filming, like Les Mis, that we talked about um, on the show before, uh, live on stage, um, recorded in summers in the studio as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I wasn't offended. I wasn't offended. I didn't think... I, I, didn't, I didn't particularly enjoy Tony's voice right but then i i really love the original so it's hard mm. to get it out of your head isn't it when you've got something sort of quite deeply imprinted yes. um i thought he you know I, I i didn't think he was terrible but don't get me wrong but i i, I just i don't think he was sh strong i don't feel like his vocals were strong his i don't feel like his vocal um uh What's the word? Well, um, I, I I felt the same thing. It was like vocal heft. Yeah, I don't think it matched what was going on. Like yeah. it felt really distanced and yes. sort of. I felt that when he was doing his soft floaty bits, they were really beautiful. But when yes. you wanted some power, mm. like the, you know, in like the climax of Maria and stuff like that, when you really he, he wanted to go for him, he didn't. He didn't, didn't go up. No, no he didn't go no. up. He did the original. Um, but there wasn't that like oomph behind it. And actually, I, I had a similar experience. I went to see Moulin Rouge in London um, towards the end of last year. And the uh, the lead tenor in that, um, you know, the sort of Ewan McGregor part, if you yeah. know the film, he had the same thing. Really, when he's singing softly, really beautiful, soft, easy, lovely tone. But then when you wanted some power out of it, there was, n there was nothing there. It's like he only had third gear and yeah. then nothing more. Mm. So tenors, don't lose your power. Yeah, it's You've got to have it for those big moments. Mm. Mm. It's, it's really interesting because he um, was uh, obviously in Rocket Man, 
um, he was Elton John. It's interesting, actually, because in Rocket Man, he played Elton John. And he, my goodness, has the power to, to, to that voice in a, in a very different style. Um, so I think perhaps we needed a bit more of that. Yeah. A bit more of that heft, as you say. It was nice to see uh, uh, Brian Darcy James appearing in the mm. musical I didn't I wasn't expecting that um of course he played Shrek in the original Broadway cast yeah. recording I liked him as the officer yeah he was great mm. and but I mean hands down Anita phenomenal yeah she was yes she was very strong very very strong and actually I listened to uh, an interview with uh, Spielberg talking about this and talking about the casting mm. for it and one of the things he said was that when they cast it they were looking for people who, who not only could were triple threat could act sing and dance he said they had to be like quadruple threats they had to be compelling just sitting doing nothing on camera wow. and you still had to want to watch them which is that's an incredible, I mean, that's charisma, basically, isn't it? That's an yes. incredible quality to have. And I, I'm really interested into whether you think you can teach that to students and what it is that makes someone compelling um, when they're doing nothing. Because some people have got it, right? You know, sort of the yeah, Marlon Brandos definitely. of the world. And, um, and it was evident in that casting. It, it definitely. It's interesting about the, qu the question of teaching because Rachel, who played Maria, you know, she, she was plucked from school. You know, she wasn't. She wasn't even 18. She, she was seen in a school production, um, applied and, and was given the role full circle round to Shrek. I don't know if you noticed, but she was cast as Princess Fiona in her school production. <laughs> and her, one of her questions to Steven Spielberg was, look, can I still be... Can I still be Fiona? And yes, she was allowed to still be in rehearsals for Shrek whilst in rehearsals for arguably the biggest blockbuster yeah. musical. Of the well, it's important you can balance your projects. Yeah, starting to be young, starting to be young. But yeah, it, it was just, just one little quick thing. I've got the soundtrack sat in front of me um, for playing music. And do you know who conducted the music? I do, yeah. You oh do? my God, was it yeah, Sue yeah, Perkins? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> was it just a minute on that? Um, no, Dudamel. Yeah, Gustavo Dudamel, right? Yeah, my goodness. And, uh, well, he's got form because one of his um, one of his orchestras, I think the Bolivian one that he used to run, one of their show pieces was always the symphonic dances from oh, West Side Story. Amazing, yeah. And they'd do all the thing where they'd get up and they'd spin the cellos yes. and they'd spin the double basses, you know, and the trumpeters would get up, the brass section would get up. So he he knows this music pretty oh, yeah. well. Uh, and the, actually, we should say, the orchestral playing's pretty hot on That's this. That's stunning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely stunning. The trumpets in particular, you know, that high brass stuff is... Yeah, really, really strong. So look, West Side Story, I, I enjoyed it. I don't necessarily think it will be held with such high esteem as the first film, but that's probably also because the first film exists already. If this was the first version, it, it would be. But, um, you know, it, I enjoyed it. I'm really glad we have it. Very good. <laughs> Right, let's move on. Let's go on to... Uh, we've kind of got a Sondheim theme going on. Because oh, yeah, we we're going to move from Sondheim the lyricist to Sondheim the composer lyricist mm. for My Favourite Sings. So this is A Little Night Music, uh, which is it's kind of golden period Sondheim. It's late mm. 70s. Um, I first saw this show on Broadway quite a few years ago with Bernadette Peters, um, who is to me as Patti LuPone is to Ryan. <laughs> 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 so I was about to do my impression of Bernadette yeah, I was Peters, about to say, can we have your impression, please? It's very good. It is, but I, I think I need to work up to Bernadette Peters. That's not very good. Sorry, it sounded like a deranged frog. I, thought, <laughs> I need something to sing. I don't know. Um, sorry, carry on. 
If only you could hear the outtakes. <laughs> um, so I saw, yeah, she was um, she was the the lead, the Desiree role, and I saw it on Broadway. I went into it not really knowing the show at all, mm. um, apart from sending the clowns. And uh, I, it was just one of those really special evenings at the theatre because the music is great, but also the book is great. It's a really funny show. It, you know, you, when you say it's a musical that comes from an Ingmar Bergman film from 1955 and it's set in Sweden at the turn of the century, you kind of think, oh, well, this sounds riveting. <laughs> uh, but actually, it's, it's a really, really fun night and it's really well done. And there's some great songs in it. So that's part of the opening. The, the, the first thing that happens in the opening is that you're introduced to three different characters one who sings about now the other one who sings about uh, soon and the other one who sings about later and then all three of those they do one of those lovely musical things where all three parts come together to create one big ensemble or trio number I should say um, at the end and from there I was really I was riveted and there there are so many great songs in it Um, so let's hear another one Every day a little death In the parlour, in the bed So this is, uh, as it says, Every Day a Little Death. This is one of I was brought, one of the reasons I brought this show up is because there's a lot of good audition numbers in this, and this is one of them. This is one of the two really strong audition numbers. Uh, if you're a female performer, I would definitely have a look at this. It's a really nice... It's not quite a ballad, but it's, I know it's not up-tempo, but it's, it's well worth, it's well worth a listen. Um, there's also some really uh, big, like, ensemble numbers as well to, um, at the beginning and closing of, of acts that are real show pieces. Mm. Look, ma'am, an invitation here, ma'am, delivered by hand, and ma'am, I noticed the stationery's engraved and very grand. Petra, how too exciting just when I need it. Petra's an elegant writing, so she knew her degree read it. That's a, that's a weekend in the country which really gets the whole cast involved and advances the plot, as Sondheim loves to do in his, uh, in his shows. Um, also, lyrically, I'll just mention one of the songs um, we're not going to play, which is You Must Meet My Wife. Um, has uh, It's a duet between old lovers, one of whom has moved on, and he's saying, you know, you must come and you come and meet my wife. And he says something like, um, oh, she'd strike you as charming. And she says, no, I'd strike her first. <laughs> you know, so there's wonderful little moments Mitty. like that, which are really, really great to play. Um, one of the other really strong audition numbers um, is this one. I shall marry the miller's son Pin my hand So this is how the miller's son starts. It's all very slow and, and thoughtful and sort of accepting of her um, Don't let her it fool fate. you. <laughs> <laughs> but what it allows you to do as a singer is show one side of your abilities there and then you can move on and do this stuff. Celebrate what passes by. So you 
you get into this much more up-tempo, much more sort of a high mixy uh, range stuff. And you can just show two completely sides. It's like being able to sing two songs in one audition, which is great because then you can, you know, you really show off your range and your versatility uh, and, you're, and, you know, everything is much better off. Obviously, this song, you know, has got sending the, this show has got sending the clowns in it, uh, which was written for Glynis Johns. John's is if you've seen Mary Poppins because she's the mum she's the sister suffragette you know that one Uh, she's the mum in that and um, she wasn't a great technical singer well she doesn't sing in the film right Uh, Mary Poppins well, well, she, she has that little. She does the, the suffragette song, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like a tiny little. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah, not yeah. supposed to sound polished. No. no. And and this and so Sondheim, when he wrote this, kind of wrote it for her. So the the phrases are very short. You know, isn't it rich? Aren't we a pair? Da 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 da. Uh, so she didn't really have to have the facility to have great breath control or anything like that. She could just get through it much more as a, as a dramatic piece, and mm. um, and that's played into other great dramatic actresses such as Judy Dench mm-hmm. who if you haven't seen her do it there's plenty of performances on YouTube uh, it's fantastic um so the show uh like i mean it 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 won everything at the tonys it won best score it won best book it won uh it did the triple it uh, did um best musical as yeah. well i mean if you win best if you win best original score and best book you can't really not win best musical can you yeah, i mean true. some of them don't some of them do win best score but don't win best musical um but so you know and it's been in it's been in the repertoire ever since it was launched in 1973 it's just come back again and again and again and i just think it's a great show yeah. it's quite an adult show isn't it in the sense that i'm just thinking for young students to try and Access. I think it's one of those shows where you've you've got to stay with it and perhaps listen to it a few times to really appreciate it and perhaps go back to to, to looking at the score and studying it to really understand the cleverness of it. You know, mm. I think that's something that those that are listening that are you know young students should be aware of because it is quite complex at times. Lots of contrapuntal writing isn't there, and sometimes that can be quite difficult to understand where you would be in terms of parts and that you know when you have lots of things going on so um but as you say you know those gems those solo gems you know there are some lovely songs but yeah stick with it and there is also a another cast recording isn't there yes um, sean requested this one yeah catherine zeta jones (laughs) did it didn't she i only say that because i think sometimes Ah, sorry, students out there, but they can be quite fickle. And if they hear that it's an older recording, mm. I think there is a tendency to switch off rather True. than when you listen to something that's like a new, newer cast recording that has better um, sound production production yeah, values. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sometimes it's it's nicer to hear. I, for, I, you're you know, totally right. It's so entirely, I I am guilty of it myself. I watch very few black and white films, mm. which my wife hates. So all she wants to do is watch Audrey Hepburn. <laughs> Have a good time. Oh. <laughs> um, it it did do very well, which we should look to. Its its first run um, was six hundred and one performances, which for Sondheim is a lot. Yeah, because people loved 
loved him and sort of loved to hate him a little bit. And directed by Harold Prince, the original. Yeah, it was when it was their their sort of uh, collaboration. It was yeah. one of Isn't those. Isn't most things it was Harold lo- Prince yeah, 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 and, and yeah, Sondheim yeah, yeah. like, very long time collaboration? Yeah. Well, I yeah. think until they until they got to uh, Merrily. Yes. And then you know, as that was the disaster, we know it was the original production, not the actual mm-hmm. book or anything yeah. at all. But yeah, yeah. Uh, do you find it cropping up in auditions? I do. I would say that The Miller's Son is arguably the hardest Sondheim song to sing. Ooh. I'm going to say that. And it is done a lot. Um, and what happens is you get lulled into the slowness of the beginning. Mm. And then we just don't get the, the, the payoff. Um, but I, 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 I love it. It's If it's done well, though, do if panels it's done well, I recognize that? I personally, just uh, throwing back to last week where we talked about auditions, um, I always steer people clear of Sondheim for editions for for two reasons the first is that it's very hard to sing like fundamentally <laughs> and secondly it's a duet Sondheim songs are duets between the orchestra and the singer in in addition settings between the piano and the singer and you've never rehearsed you don't know what the storytelling is you're 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 a sight reading and probably the pianist is sight reading the Sondheim which is never a nice thing for anyone to do um uh, yeah it's just it you're you're setting yourself up a little bit to fail Oh, harsh, harsh. No, it's just true. It's true. I yeah, I, I I would agree with with most of that. I mean, I I um I tell students not to choose Sondheim really because I always think of the poor pianist. Yeah, <laughs> I shouldn't really, but I've been in that situation so many times, and you're looking at like five, six, seven sharps or whatever, and you're like, oh for fuck, absolutely, <laughs> almost. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but you're right, you're right. But they are, but they are very, very good songs for you know Sondheim writes for actors, doesn't he? Yes. So they they have heart and they have truth at the center of them and um you know if you're an actor that sings then maybe choosing a sometimes song wouldn't be such a bad thing you know and i think that's what you were sort of pointing towards when you said it takes you might have to take a bit of time with the score and stuff because it is meatier it is yes. there is depth to it there yeah. are lots of characters and lots of relationships and things changing and uh and you need to understand that to get the full impact of yeah. the whole piece yeah for sure and i think it's always good advice isn't it to know a full show don't just choose a song from a show oh, yeah. know the whole thing just in case you're ever asked <laughs> this you is, it's the same as a play right you don't do Absolutely. a monologue from a play if you don't know what the bloody play is about no atrocious no. well let's name music so there we go yeah enjoy that you can listen to it on the car home <laughs> i'm going to because I, this has actually shown that i don't know it as well as i should so it's it's my homework thank you i thought the opening started with the uh, acapella um uh, the Bobby, Bobby. No, not that. <laughs> not that. Just some some runs, some acapella runs. Uh, you know, like ah, oh, you know, like just scales and things. I thought that I thought that was how the openings are, but I'm obviously thinking of a different show. <laughs> if anyone knows what that show is, <laughs> yeah, please, please let us know because we don't. <laughs> well, I think that then brings us round to quiz time. Who's it, doing the quiz today? It is me. It's oh, the quiz okay. time for me. No, I make easy quizzes. Yeah, and, true, and this actually, also yeah. means Sean, maybe you might get some points. Oh, I haven't won yet. Oh. I haven't won yet. Well, this I think so. Actually, it's me that needs the. I points. think this might be your week. Well, it might looking, be looking okay. looking at it. Okay. Okay. So let me hear your buzzers, Sean. Me. Ryan Buxton. <laughs> you know, I used to do the panto at Buxton, and they have the water in the centre of the town coming out of a fountain. It's really? warm because it's a hot spring. I should probably say, I've, uh, Sean's got a bottle of uh, Buxton sparkling water. Other waters are available. Um, <laughs> and uh, I just saw it and thought, why not? 
Why not use Buxton instead of me? Well, I like things changing up. Okay, are we ready I'm for ready. number one? Ready. Here we go. You see this girl and your heart stops cold. Me. I, I don't know at all, but I'm going to guess um, that Witches of Eastwick. And you would be right. Ah, oh, nice. That Dan. is not from the original London cast recording. I'll tell you right now that it is. <laughs> that is not. Stands for the devil. It is that the is, original London cast recording. That is not who I think it is. Well. Who is it singing? Uh, Ian McShane. That is not Ian McShane's voice. It is. Do I, I don't believe you. <laughs> We are going to play out the show. We're going to play out the show no, with Dance of the Devil. Do a weekend in the country. I love no. the end of that. Um, no Stuart's inquiry. One uh, point to exactly. me. Exactly. One point to Sean. Okay, we're moving on to number two. I'm such a disappointment. Please prepare to welcome me. the chief. We will rock you. Correct. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, I didn't say Buxton. Oh. No, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay, okay. Number should two. Turn that point off him, really. I should, but I won't. Here we go. Rush away, but the answer. Mary Poppins. Correct. <gasps> Exciting. Number four. Somewhere. Buxton. The <gasps> Matilda. Oh my goodness, it's happening. <laughs> okay, number five. Buxton. Uh, I haven't got it, but I really just want to say it really sounds like holding back. Yeah, right? Years. It sounds like Sydney Red. Yeah. So that's a really interesting comment, right? <laughs> because you're correct. Ah, it it's... is holding back the years. Do we know what show that might be from? I'm going to guess and say, is it called Simply Red the Musical? <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. It's not called Simply is Red it, the Musical. Is it, is it like a, a jukebox musical? It's, I didn't think it is. But they obviously use the song. Yeah. I've no idea. idea. I've never no heard idea. it in a show. Only Fools and Horses. Ah. Uh, oh, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, no. Stuart Morley, friend of the show. Musical supervisor. Oh, Stu, sorry about yeah. that, Stu. There they are. Okay, no one gets that point. We still have five left. Ironically, here's the next one. Buxton. I hate this show and I've never seen it. And I know the orchestrator as well. Is it six? <laughs> it is. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> He's no longer a friend of the yeah, show. No, no longer. <laughs> okay, four left. So far, the scores are Ryan four, Sean one. Oh, I started so it's well. It's all to play for. It's all to play for. Here we go. Any girl who's reached the Buxton. age of seven. Oh, go on then. I think you started the Met of Me before the Bet of Buxton. I mean, I'm going to guess My Fair Lady. Oh, and it's incorrect. Oh. Ryan, do you know it or do you want some more? I'd like some more, please. Does that mean that you'll bust out now? No, it does not. Thereabout has but one desire in view. Buxton. So this is, uh, I know the singer. Yes. It's Julie. I think we all know it. Okay, sorry. Is it, oh, um, oh god, I've got such a tendency to swear today. I'm so sorry, people out there. Um, it's the one. Is it the one where she plays a man and a woman? No, I don't think so. 
Victor uh, Victoria. No, Victor Victoria, not. that's no. what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. No, it's no, not. okay, nope. I have no idea. It's just The Boyfriend. Uh, oh, terrible show. The Boyfriend, a musical, <laughs> co- a musical comedy of the 1920s. Terrible. Uh, okay, three to go, three to go. It can still be a draw. Oh, me. That's Oliver. It is. Oh, Sh- you should get that. You should. <laughs> Sean of Oliver fame. Okay, two more to go. I need to win this. One more picture. Hold it. Me, a button. Oh, me. What about I know. I'm going to give um, you five, um, four. Stick it in your family album. Three, I know it. Is it? Two, it's not half sixpence. Yes. Is it? Oh, just. <laughs> Jeremy Paxman wouldn't have given him that long. No, he definitely would have. Anyone see the documentary last night? <laughs> <laughs> okay, the last one. Okay, we know who's won, but you know, give it a good old try. Sorry, I should not be. Not a clue. Uh, um, no, no, don't tell me. If you could see Ryan's face. I know this. There's only four minutes, 50 left. Uh... <laughs> Buxton. Buxton. Um, no. No, I don't, actually. I it lied. was Billy Elliot. Ah, uh, was it? Um, it was Billy Elliot. Okay, so the scores at the end of that are Ryan 5, Sean 2. Now, I've won. For a bonus, three points. Oh, you didn't tell us this. You didn't <laughs> tell know, us this at the beginning. It's all, a bonus, three points, which would, would bring it to a draw, oh, Sean. Just okay. You know. okay. You're not getting any cake. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus three points. What is the link? Me. I think it's something to do with like English musicals. Um, I because it's Billy I'm Elliot, not going to Oliver. accept that answer. Ryan? No, 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 because as, I had no brain. As a Scottish of... person, I am not accepting that oh, answer. British musicals. Oh, correct. <laughs> uh. Oh, they are all British musicals and, you know, Denby the Breaks. You may have won. So what were the, what were the ten? Try, try to see the ten. Ah, the, the, ten, ten the ten were, British of musicals. course. So we had Witches of Eastwick. Uh, we had We Will Rock You. Uh, Mary so, Poppins. But you would have thought Witches of Eastwick was a British musical, right? But because it very it's... much was. Original London, London recording, ah. yeah. Um, Mary Poppins. Yep. Matilda, of course. Uh, Only Fools and Horses. Six, The Boyfriend. Oliver. Half Sixpence. And Billy Elliot. Well, there we go. Well, I salvaged a draw. Oh, it's not- Just. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> He's raging. He's raging. Anyway. Well, that brings us, uh, on that happy note, uh, that brings us to the end of another episode of MT Chairs at MT Tables. <laughs> what the hell happened to a week? Play a weekend at the country. No, I said I was going to play this so that Let's you could tell enjoy. there was the right one. Let's enjoy Ian McShane and the London <laughs> cast recording. Go and listen to a weekend in the country, folks. <laughs> From all of us here, see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. And lucky enough, There's a devil in you